in the middle, she'll just go, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm. I'm like, whoa, that doesn't match. <laughs> right. You know what? I'm, uh, are we doing this now, or are you guys going to hit record? We're, we're, yeah, we're, we're hitting record right now. And uh, Oh, go ahead. And then I don't want to waste this yeah, gold. Welcome back, everybody, to the most awesome Brandana Sports Podcast coming at you as we always do. And we have a dynamite episode 53 for your eardrums. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. We're turning that corner into the second year. Guys, do us a favor. Subscribe. Leave five stars. Tell a friend. We still want it, guys. And we need you as we are making things happen for this second podcast year of ours, hit us up at mabsportspodcast at gmail.com. I am Brandana, and with me, as always, under contract, no trade clause, most awesome. That's right, baby. I'm here. <laughs> here Another 13 years I signed up for it. <laughs> You're here to stay, brother. You're here to stay. You're here to stay. How's your week been, brother? What's the hell? Oh, oh I am good. I, I got to tell you something, B. Ooh, what's happening? It's NFL Combine season right now, and the legs are juiced. (laughs) They got life left. I'm almost 40, but you know what? I'm not going to lie. I threw down a tape measure in the living room. Oh, God. Yes. Awesome. Did a broad jump. Okay. What do you think I'm coming in at? What do you think I'm coming in at? (laughs) Ooh, broad jump. So that's just – that's kind of base jumping. You're just, like, leaping forward. Yep. Just straight jumping ahead. Ooh. I'm going to go – No warm-up. No stretching. Uh, I don't don't know if I'm good. I'm going to go five and a half feet. Oh, no. Ye of little faith. I'm going seven feet, four Ooh, inches. You still, still got, got that juice. All right. People I haven't seen most awesome. He is known for his powerful thighs, and they're still there, <laughs> brother. Jump. Do, you, exactly. do, you kinda, do you watch that combine, and you're just like, man, I got to get behind that bench. I need to start like doing a little wind sprints. Is, is it over for you, or are you just like, as a father of three, you're still like, you know, there's something left in the tank. I got to see what I got. Well, now, now that I now that I have my broad jump number, uh, I think there is something a little left there. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna lie. I was like I was a little impressed because I thought it was gonna come in that five and a half foot range, but I didn't, and I exceeded. I was like, you know what? If I drop some lbs, I get loosed up or limbered up, and uh, I'm gonna be I might crack eight. I might crack that elite forty year old metric. All right, so that's a little challenge. I think I gotta. I will post it on our uh, our Instagram. At yeah. uh, MMA Sports, I, I should do the little broad jumps, see what my number is. What do you think I got, brother? Give me the over-under right now. Let's switch the scripts right now on what you're thinking, the over-under on how broad jump I can broad. Six six feet, six inches. That's that's the over-under. Six, six. So I'm still coming behind most awesome. That's right. Also. That's right. <laughs> uh, you also saw me when I skipped leg days. So that's, that's uh, right. <laughs> fair enough. Guys, we have a jam-packed episode 53. Uh, guys, we're doing a rip from the headlines. We're doing the $330 million man. We have a hmm. very special guest on the pod. We can't build this up enough. We're going to keep it a little secret. You shall see. They will score the Neapolitan showdown for us where we're going to talk about the worst figures of speech. And then, you know, we're going to do a little guess. We're going to hit them with a little map about you. Shh, keep it a secret. And then we're going to finish as we always do with our MVP of the week. Ladies and gentlemen, your hour of power starts now. Extra, extra, read all about it. I'm talking front page story all over the world. It shook up men, women, boys, and girls. The 
Ripped from the headlines, the $330 million man. Why are we talking about that this week, brother? We're talking about it because Bryce Harper, as of today, as we're recording this, locked up that uh, 13-year $330 million. Mm. Uh, no deferment on that money, so it's going to be paid out in 13 years. He's got a no-trade clause, and uh, he's ostensibly going to be in Philadelphia, that trash city, <laughs> until he's <laughs> until he's 38 years old. Oh, God. we I don't know how that happened. We always trashed on Philadelphia. That was going to be my question out of the gate. It was just like, all right, most awesome. I pay you $330 million. You have to live in Philadelphia for 13 Ooh. years. <laughs> What's your thoughts? What's your thoughts? Pass, pass, quick <laughs> no. pass. So this breaks no down. Uh, 2019 is a $10 million salary plus $20 million signing bonus. That's paid mm-hmm. in two installments. 2020 to 2028, it's going to be $26 million annually. 2029, 2031, $22 million annually. Uh, what's going on with this contract? Is Bryce Harper the guy to get, or is it just a cog in the system on what's going on with baseball contracts, sports contracts, free agency contracts? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's interesting. I think um, it's it's surprising that the Phillies are going all in, yeah. but um, the GM said that hey, we're going to get crazy and and spend a lot of stupid money. Yeah. So I think this is yet a uh, another cog in the wheel because unlike some of the other sports, uh, NBA in particular, it's not like getting that superstar really guarantees that hey, the Phillies are even going to make the playoffs or you know make that World Series contention. You've seen it historically where it hasn't really bared out. I mean, there's tons of cases. Robinson Cano, Albert Pujols, Miguel Cabrera, exactly. all these guys that signed huge contracts, but no World Series in sight. So I think that there, I think there's going to be another move and or two moves uh, for the Philadelphia Phillies. Yeah, it seems a little weird. Like, uh, like with the NBA contracts you bring up, it's a little bit like you see a lot of those guys that are fringe players, uh, like getting that max deal. Maybe that mm-hmm. maybe you wouldn't do on a max deal in a perfect system, but they still get it because like teams feel like they make moves, especially with how much like just it almost seems like a pickup basketball game out there in the NBA. But the MLB is different. Like they're doing these monster guaranteed contracts. Like what's right. the best case scenario for the Phillies? Obviously, they're looking to eat it on the back end of his contract. He's not super old. I mean, he's 26 right now, so we're talking, right. you know, 13 years from now. Like, it's not obscene for, like, a 39-year-old ball player to still be productive in the game. But it's just like, what's your take from this, Philadelphia? Is is three championships enough? Is four enough? Is it, is oh, it like, wow. is it got to be two? I think, yeah, I think it's got to be at least. I think ultra successful, too. I think he, he gets one more title. And, and a consistent, you know, AL or, or excuse me, NL East contention playoff runs for a good majority of that eight, nine years. Yeah. Um, I think I think that's a successful deal. But here's the other thing. It's not going to be measured. Fortunately enough, it's not going to be measured for Bryce Harper just on his own production because he's already mentioned in the press conference uh, as of today. 2021, they're already looking on the horizon. Mr. Mike Trout. I was going to bring that up. Yeah. yeah. That's the, apparently this is the least – kept secret in all of baseball <laughs> mike trout even us a non-baseball podcast <laughs> yeah, knows no, that this no. guy wants to go to play us Philly. grabbing for straws as we are staring march and april dead in its eyes <laughs> like any content we can get yeah i think uh si reported that they were kind of poking an idea uh the angels on doing an extension 10 year 350 million dollars which is a question right. i want to ask you so cog in the system question is this kind of like a Kirk Cousins where it's just, you know, we're going to keep ratcheting it up so it's not necessarily the contract shouldn't reflect we're talking about the best player ever. We're just kind of moving in that direction where just the contracts are going to get higher and higher. 
Yeah, it could be. I mean, they could be trying to drive the market up. Um, although Mike Trout is head and shoulders the best player in the Major League Baseball yep. system as opposed to Kirk Cousins, which you might even debate as a – not or even relax. a top ten quarterback. Relax, okay, relax, all right. Relax. Let's go Vikes. Let's go Vikes. Let's go Vikes. And off season, and maybe he, like, <laughs> learns to throw a few more picks and not quite as phrased the defensive lineman. I get that, but it's just like uh, it's a little bit. Uh, so I was looking at the stats and trying to break down exactly where put his value at. Like um, Mike Trout, you know, top ten batting average uh, two times in the last three years. I look at Bryce Harper a little bit. Uh, he's, he's doing well, but didn't even reach in the top 50 of war, which is that sexy baseball stats everyone's looking at. Mm-hmm. It's just like, why is he getting – is his – and I don't want to shit on him. Like, get paid, brother. Like, get your payday. Right. Is his brand exceeding his talent? That's one of those things, yeah, where it's like he has been a phenom a la LeBron. And they talked about, like, baseball's LeBron since he was, like, 16 years old, just gunning homers out of uh, high school ballparks. But, yeah, it hasn't really kind of left, led up to his same success in the major league uh, game because, I, you know, his war has been up and down. I mean, he came out of the gates as his rookie, just unbelievable. People thought, like, onward and upward, and then he dipped. Then he had a great 2015 season, dips again, kind of bounces back around. I mean, it's really interesting. He's kind of the, the – he's really up and down, a career 279 average hitter. Um, not the pop that everyone expected not in the back. Blowing the socks it, off, right, brother? Not blowing the yeah. socks off. 40, 42, I think it was 42 home runs in that in that 2015 season. Um, but other than that, he's just been kind of middling at, you know, 25 to 30 home runs. So, I want, but so he, yeah, two questions, and I'll break them up. Go ahead, mm-hmm. but, you know, jump back in there. No, 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 no. I was just going to say, so, I mean, he's a scary hitter, but he's, you know, he's not the power guy that I think everyone thought he was going to be. Now, that doesn't mean he won't mold into it, but, you know, he's he's kind of up and down a little bit. So is this a development contract? Is this money well spent on, you know, glove versus bat, like a little combination, or is it just kind of a toss of the dice affiliate? It seems like such a long contract for it be like a toss of the dice, and that's my second follow-up question is I want to know, like, why do the contracts have to be this fucking long? Right. Yeah, it's definitely a baseball thing where they're going to line up long-term deals like this because the career, the career arc of a major league baseball player is is much more is much longer than an NBA or even a uh, an NFL player obviously. So, you're getting somebody who's 27, he's really heading into his prime. 28 29 30 all the way probably to the top end of 32 that's his peak so they're really looking at that window and say let's lock this guy up for the duration the peak of his career and potentially he morphs into like a bonds-esque type player where he's got an elite batting eye he you, you put him in the fourth slot where you basically force teams to either i'm gonna have to pitch uh, and walk and load the bases up and, and put this guy uh, with uh, maybe a couple of runners on and really make him cha- or make make him beat us, which is not a good position to be in. And then if you pair it up with Mike Trout in the three spot, I mean, this is where that becomes kind of a, a lethal lineup for the Philadelphia Phillies. Um, do I think it's something that is going to bear out? I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm, I think the pressure might get to him because – and in Washington, he was kind of isolated. He didn't have to do a lot in Washington, D.C. Him and Strasburg just kind of had to show up, be these phenoms. Now he's going to Philly with a fan base that's – they're going to want something. Yeah, yeah. And they're, they're going to want it right away. 
Yeah, they knew about that a little bit. And just looking back at like uh, Stanton, so we got that 13-year contract for three, $325 million. Mm-hmm. Is this a little bit more of a dice toss than like a Stanton than a Mike Trout? Or is this like something you can kind of back yourself up on? Like you're just like, this is a good investment. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a good investment because I think he's one of the top young prospects in the league. So, I mean, it's it's what the market's going to bear. Someone else is going to pay it. So if, if you're going to make the investment, you're going to spend the money, this is in your long-term plan, then then do it. You know what I mean? Because it might end up in, in four years from now, it might end up being a steal. He might be one of the underpaid contracts in the league. Not underpaid, but you know what I mean? He might not be in the top top end of it. All right, real fast closing out. Uh, give me your over-under on Philadelphia championships with Bryce Harper playing for the team. In the next 13 years? 13 years, brother. Over-under. I'm going to go 1.5. I'm going to go 1.5. All right. Is that still – I'm still wondering, is that money well spent? It's hard to win a major league baseball championship. Like, it still seems like I, – I don't know. Like maybe you take that. Well, but, yeah, but it's like is – I mean, Stanton's got Aaron Judd and a couple other players – Manny Machado in the in the Padres, ten years, thirty million dollars. Robinson Cano, ten years, twenty four. Albert Pujols, ten twenty four, and Cabrera eight for two forty eight. Like none of those guys won championships. So if you get one and a half championships out of it, or you get two rather, I should say. Yeah. Then it, I guess it is good money well spent. Yeah, I guess I was just like so much money flying around in baseball. Unlike those NFL contracts where they're just like, you know, uh, $300 million for the next like 30 years. And just like all of a sudden it's just like, I got to cancel that. We made a huge mistake. Um, All right, ladies and gentlemen, our guest is ready. Ready to hop on the horn. You know, as an an actor on the big screen and on TV, a prominent stand-up in the game, and he has a dynamite podcast himself. Let's get to it. Ladies and gentlemen, our guest today, Jay Fucking more. Well, I know a body hasn't got to be worn, and I've the pattern of the to this show she's forming up you see uh, yes we have a very special guest on the podcast i doubt our listeners are even going to believe us going into this second year they're just like oh got someone doing a jay moore impression that's uh, a little desperate guys but we do have jay moore on the podcast we're going to talk a little wrestling we're going to jump into the neapolitan showdown and then a little a little surprise at the end jay uh thanks so much for the time jumping on man they could have been here. This is Pacino. You to talk wrestling? Ooh, let me pull up a fucking chair. Yeah, you guys talk about it. It's gonna. There you go. I, I'm in a very echoey room, so I realize if I go full Pacino, I'll like make my dog jump up. Oh, we got it. We got to oh. go full Pacino though. That's it's loud. There yeah. you go. There you go. What kind of dogs you got, Jake? I have a Maltese, Yorkie, and a Pomeranian. You know, there's two Al Pacino voices. There's two completely different Al Pacino voices. Because we only know who I, you hold my hand, right. you mine, and I hold your hand, you hold mine. I hold your hand, Benny Blanco from the Bronx. But when he was younger, it was very high, and he talked like this, Fredo. 
Right, right, right. That's the 70s. Like, I don't know what happened. Yeah, right. Like, right around 45, somebody dropped a piano on his back. Oh, no. It's heavy. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Why won't anybody cross face? <laughs> where's, where's, where's Peak Pacino? Peak Pacino is probably like heat, right? He's kind of mixing in like, is that when he kind of brought in like, I have like an insane edge that, to me? That's the deep one, yeah. Like, yeah. I won't hesitate to take you out either. But like, Pacino is a low regiment. That's real high. Like you got yeah. guys out there doing undercover work. They're wearing black shoes, white socks. I don't think so. I, you know, when I was when I watched Serpico, I hate Serpico, the guy. I'm supposed to feel right. like great, like this guy's so honorable. Like he's a rat. He fucking ratted out. Have yeah. we had the curse of his podcast? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Go for it. Like, he's a fucking rat. Because they're like, hey, I got you. So like, they even go like, just give it to your church, whatever. It's like, nah, nah, man. I don't like. Yeah. Like, in the movie Copland, Keitel's got an amazing line. Look around, Ray. Everyone's pool is above ground. I'm like, wow. Like, that's the fucking dream. Like, that's why we're stealing money off the top. It's so I can have an above-ground pool in Queens, New York, in a place called, <laughs> literally called Flushing. <laughs> what about, like, uh, like what, what was the gambling? Like, uh, two, the two-for-the-money Pacino? which was still kind of like desperate, crazy Pacino, but with like fake NFL teams. Like it never felt like it was like in the correct world. Well, it's not. You know, you can never clear. I know what you mean, yeah. I, was that Matthew McConaughey? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Rene Russo also, I, I think. think you know, and then he did that Colin Farrell movie, I think, where they were like recruits. He was like a, a, a police recruit. But then after that, he does Insomnia, which I think is the greatest he's ever acted in his life. Oh, I was going to bring up Insomnia. I thought like... It was, I remember seeing it once in the theater and just being, I don't know what I was expecting, like, I, and I just, maybe it needs to, like, have a rewatch. I mean, it was, like, too young. It didn't stick with me. Like, if you're it was, like, just that movie, like, I never really, never <laughs> No, really you're, not, you're just not that smart. <laughs> yeah, that's Brandon. That's Brandon. There we go. Now we're figuring out who's who. Perfect. No, there we go. That's what we need. I, I know. Yeah, I know. Like, okay. It's, it's, look, for the listeners, Insomnia is a movie where, in, in Alaska, Robin Williams is a serial killer and he's killing, like, girls. And then they have to call up homicides from L.A., guys that are experts in this kind of, like, uh, you know, like criminal minds type uh, human behavior. So they bring up Al Pacino, who's the best at it, and his partner, uh, who he has killed. And then, but the serial killer, Robin Williams, actually has audio of him killing his partner. So then Pacino, they have to meet, but one wants to arrest the other, and the other one's got the tape that keeps them unarrestable, but the sun never goes down, so everyone's awake for like six straight days. Hmm. So as the movie goes on, everyone's getting like weirder and weirder. And like, there's one scene where Pacino's going to take off his coat, his leather coat, and it takes like four minutes. It's amazing. No words. No. <laughs> well, I'm going to go down to the schoolyard, pull him out of class, take a month. <laughs> it's 10 o'clock. I know. At night. Oh, why didn't you tell me that? I haven't slept for six days. Was that Robin Williams kind of first... Was that his, like, darker role? Like, he, I know he had kind of, like, that photo booth run, and he was kind of, like, really taking, like, those dark roles. I think photo was first, and um, Moscow on the Hudson might have been, like, his first role, period. Mm. Um, I'm trying to think of darker one. Yeah, I mean, that was, like, the darkest. I love, there's a scene where they're on a ferry together. That's where they meet. And they just sit next to each other as the ferry's going across, like, Puget Sound or something. Um, that's not in Alaska, so whatever. And, uh, <laughs> right. And then finally, Robin Williams says, I'm not who you think I am. And then right away, he goes, I'm not who you think I am. And Pacino just jumps, I think you're a piece of shit. (laughs) (laughs) 
guys like you are my job. You think you're different because you're painting the fucking nails? Come on. You're about as interesting to me as a black toilet is to a fucking plumber. Just real fast, this is on a tangent, but we're obviously there. Like, what's number one Pacino line of all time? Uh, well, publicly, it's who I. See, I really like, I'm a big fan of, like, he, you get killed walking your doggy. Like, that one doesn't get enough oh, like love a line, in my book. Not, so, like, this, well, that begs the question, is who, who are? Does that count as a line? Right. That's just more of, like, an emotion, right? Okay. That's just an emoting something, right? Um, my favorite line... Me personally, because I'm a comedian in Dog Day Afternoon, when he, he's told he's going to get the helicopter at the bank robbery, he's all excited. They want to go like the train. He goes, Because you so rarely hear climate shorten to climb. Right, right. But I don't know. What are yours? Who cares about what I think? Well, besides the listeners, but yeah. That's what oh, you they, have yeah, trust like, me. No, you no, have, uh, they're much more interested in those. I, I just like, I love, like, yeah. there's so many yeah. great heat lines, like, uh, Cause she's got a great ass. You got your head all the way up it. I'm so glad I bit my impulse control, and I held on there for a second because that's when I was about to blurt out. And you would have been standing there without a weapon. <laughs> <laughs> but it's good. He's landlord, Kevin. I like that one because he sounds like Tracy yeah. Morgan. Yeah, God is an Kevin. She got a great ass. Pacino and uh, Tracy's basically the same impression. Well, I wish I like. I, I thought I heard some like behind the scenes stuff, like on like some of those line deliveries, like when he's. Darian's kind of like delivering him on like, give me everything you got. Like he was just, just given everything he had. Like nobody knew what he was going to bring, which I know is like typical Pacino, but it's like the spikes in that movie. Like it was supposed to be like he was, did they cut out scenes where he was like, like a cokehead? Was that like, I think it was, and I'm not what, kidding, like in the script, it? like he was supposed to have like a drug problem and they just cut all that out. I think you forgot which movie. Oh, in Heat? Heat. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Cause I think it's like one of the most overrated movies of all time. I think he big, is. long just and waterlogged to me. And the scene between the two of them, nothing happens. Yeah. Like the big showdown, finally, Pacino and De Niro at a table. It's like, I will not hesitate one second. And people go, they had lived the whole scene. It's like, yeah, I can fucking tell. It's boring. <laughs> I won't hesitate to take you out either. I won't hesitate right, to take right. you out. But De Niro's from that school of, um, like, Mickey Rourke, people don't realize how great he was. Like, Cobra Greenwich Village, one of the best movies ever. And like Eric Roberts, Mickey Rourke, Pacino, Pacino doesn't really do it, but De Niro does it a lot. It's like they just kind of repeat what you say to get their line going. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, they just kind of just parrot the scene back to you and then hopefully they'll find some life in it. Yeah. Hope they do, huh? Hope they find life in it. Hope they find life in it. That's what you say? Like Denzel does it. Oh, hope they find life in it. That's what you tell them. That, that, that's what you, you're hoping to find life. Put it. That was fucking Morgan Freeman almost. Hoping to find life and put it inside the scene. <laughs> dive in here to, to yeah to get get some wrestling conversation going here but feel free to do uh, any impression that you want there jay please do okay i will i'll sit bravely as they say in my acting class <laughs> gentlemen it's chris walking do me a favor just go with questions ask him away what got you into wrestling why, why wrestling why no other sports uh well that's not true. you know i played baseball through high school and um traveling team after high school but yeah wrestling's the one when i was in Eighth grade, they were going to put me on Ritalin because I was, you know, as crazy as I am now, but without a microphone for the concept of releasing it into a microphone. And I had a guidance counselor say, no, 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 you don't want to put them on medicine when you send them up to the uh, wrestling club at the high school. And then he won't have enough energy to talk in class. Right. And that was true. So then my freshman year, uh, 
I just was like, all right, this is what I know. I'll sit in over here. And that was it. I just kept going. So you kind of talk about a little bit. I want to know when you kind of discovered this, like if it was younger or kind of, I know, I believe you're into coaching wrestling now. A little bit about that gap, but you talk a little bit just about kind of a, a moral compass, I think is a way to describe it, that wrestlers have. And it's not necessarily other athletes don't have it, but it seems to be a lot more of that moral like cornerstone with wrestlers that maybe is not talked about as much in other sports like why why is it wrestling what is it about wrestling that just kind of that you see the importance that it kind of shapes a man a human on kind of that moral code while it also like teaches them to be an athlete that's an amazingly that's a great great question like that's a great question um i've seen like pinterest quotes and quotes on like instagram about how wrestling builds character and then i thought no it reveals it it reveals character it it reveals your character and that's why so many people quit wrestling they get out before they're exposed you know it's like oh this is the hardest thing in the world I better get out of here because they're going to see all my warts and my flaws you know so so I think with wrestling no I know in wrestling it's it's accountability it's 100% accountability and that's also like with wrestlers when they make the turn from good to great or from average to good or bad to average when you realize like whose shoes are these those are mine coach like that basic level of accountability instead of staying quiet right there's something very freeing about that and it's there's truth in the walls it's just truth theorem flows through the walls of a wrestling room you can't hide there's no shade there's no cover Everybody gets burnt and scorched if the sun's in there. And it just makes you have that moral compass that you, that we, I think we all have it in us, period. Because we're, we're all, we all have the answers we need in us. It's my experience, like also as a life coach. Mm-hmm. And with wrestling, like if you can't get out from bottom, you can either quit or you can just dedicate yourself the moment the season's over and just find five nights a week or days a week to just wrestle and just start from bottom and figure out how to get the hell out and you become the best at getting out from bottom and that's the only real sport like in baseball it's hey i don't have that strong of an arm but it's like all right don't worry about it we'll put you at second base there's no place to hide you can't bat nights in wrestling you know yeah you can't just play special teams in wrestling you can't well he's the backup defensive tackle no, you're the guy. The ball's in the air. You're wide open, and it's coming down out of the light. You can catch it and score, or you're gonna drop it like that. And nobody even threw it. You threw it to yourself too. You know that's that's a, that's what I feel. I'll take yeah, it no, off the air. Thanks, guys. No, <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's like, I went up like I went up the stairs from the echoey room, and now I'm like still trying to catch my damn breath from going up damn uh, two flights of stairs. It's, well, yeah, it's all those calisthenics from wrestling, right? I mean, you, 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 we couldn't even hear it on your end. Ted, you know, you you know Teddy Atlas, right? The boxing mm-hmm. uh, instructor, right? Yeah, I mean, but he talks about the same thing in boxing, right? Where it's like the ring does not lie. Like if you can go in there and you can kind of preach like you're the baddest dude on the planet, but if you didn't go in there, you didn't you didn't lift the right weights, you didn't run the stairs. Like you, there's no place to hide. And I think what you know, because Brandana and I, we played team sports, but we never played like wrestling or or anything where it's that like singular like yeah. you know man versus another person we we didn't have that experience and and it's one of those interesting things when we find guys that have that to talk about like what what separates the 
what made you sit there and just stand and go, all right, yeah, I'm going to be, I'm going to be accountable. I'm going to be the guy that, that goes after it every day and, and puts everything out on the line every time I step out on there. Because in other sports, like you said, you can kind of hide. But in, 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 in wrestling, you can't. So, so why, why did you sit there and decide that you could be that guy? But it's interesting because another – wow, these are all really good questions. I don't think I had that in high school. I had it in uh, spurts. Like there was yeah. Yeah, moments on the mat where it's like, there's no way – I'll die out here for this. For this particular situation, I will die out here. You know? But then there's also months of practices where I'm like, what are we doing? Jesus, relax. All right, relax. I'm running. You know? Right. And um, I think what it is is what wrestling is. What I, I'm writing a book now about um, like life coaching and par- parlaying it with um, wrestling. Uh, get your gazelle. Unlock your best life by thinking like a wrestler. And with wrestling, the only, the only skill set you possess as a wrestler is effort. If I coach the football team and, uh, you know, you show up, if Brandon shows up and he's one of the 4440, well, there's my wide receiver because nobody can cover on me so fast. If I coach basketball and Paul shows up and he's 6'10", he's a sophomore, there's my center. You arrived with that skill set. And in wrestling, all you can do is arrive. Showing up is all you got. Showing up again is all you got. Giving effort once you're there is all you have. The only skill set in the sport of wrestling you could possibly have is repetition. And I think you get tricked into this moral code of the samurai because before you know it, a year is up and you didn't miss a practice. And even if you were like a slapdick in practice and goofed off and stalled and you're say like, I don't know, six and uh, 18 on the season, you still did it. And I have an expression, because when you coach like teenagers, you have to speak in bumper sticker. You have to coach in memes. You have to coach right. in like one sentence or you lose them. The days of like the Newt Rockney, Vince Lombardi speech are out the window. Effort, <clears throat> effort greater than, like a greater than sign. Effort greater than result. If you focus on the result, like I'm going to go to state, I'm going to do this, I'm going to go at 20 wins, you're going to miss some effort talking about it and thinking about it. Right. If you focus on effort, and I mean everything, like do a little a lot all the time, you'll be there for the result, I promise. And that goes for life. Like if you put everything you have, like I got divorced very publicly and awfully uh, about a year ago, it's like, I, d- I put everything I had into that marriage. Effort. Right. The result was not what I wanted, but I can live with it because of all my effort. I know I did everything I could, you know? Yeah, so yeah. With, with the kids, with the, the effort, I, that's great. And it kind of parlays into another question I wanted to ask you. And I, I love you kind of setting it up on the chicken or the egg. Like, you know, is someone like born a wrestler and you kind of dust that off and it's just kind of the character shows up or like do you kind of get into wrestling and just like your character is found big thing is like keeping their focus like you said and just putting in those the effort getting the results you know you're playing basketball you're playing football now i'm just kind of talking about how wrestling can take your attention well let me let me answer the first question you just said that like are you born a wrestler no i don't think anybody can be born a wrestler because the technique alone and the the level of cardiovascular you know fitness and the level of endurance overriding your own brain that says 
Like, you have to stop. This is crazy. Like, stop. You have to stop because you're so tired. You have to stop. But nobody ever died of exhaustion in sport. Like, nobody. I'm not talking about dehydration. I'm not talking right. about <laughs> having a heart attack. I'm talking about, like, one more rep and, like, you die from trying. That doesn't right. happen, really. Nobody's ever drowned in their sweat. It doesn't happen. Nobody's ever broken their will, their own will. You break other guys by not stopping. So I don't, th- I don't think you're born a wrestler, but I do think you're born, we're, we're predators. Human beings are predators. Our eyes are in the front of our head. There's only two kinds of animal. Predator eyes forward to go forward and prey eyes on the side to be aware of who's coming forward to get you. We're predators, but we're new predators. Like a great white shark has had a million years to perfect being a great white shark and being an apex predator. Humans, we've had like 10,000 years. We're way late to the predator table. So what is a byproduct of that? Even though we have technology, we have will, we have intuition. We're the only animal that knows that we know. We can think about the future. But the byproduct of having all that brain is fear, doubt, assumption, the things that eat us up. And so that's what gets in the way, I think, of uh, well, of humanity. But in a wrestling room, it's less technique for me and more just getting in their heads, making a, connect, a connection. And I have to have emotional athleticism to know when to apply, when to lay off. Each guy's different. So I don't think you're born a wrestler, but I do know, as you know, Randy Couture says, we, we need very little as human beings to survive. We need food, we need water, and I think we need struggle. And that blew my mind. I was at an right. Olympic gala, and he spoke. And when he said that, that's exactly when I was filming 10 seconds from my Instagram page. I'm like, this never yeah. works out this good. Oh, my God. <laughs> Instagram, jmore 37 holla, bro. Um, there you go. We need struggle, and we do need struggle. Because if you're not struggling, you don't want to learn to walk. You don't right. want to be like the other people because it sucks crawling around on your hands and knees. You would just keep doing that your whole life. Yeah, you're just in that stasis where you're just you're just floating in in the water. There, there's no there's no you're losing body mass. You're lo- you're atrophying. So it's yeah. Uh, yeah, the struggle is necessary. The struggle's real, man. So I don't think you're born a wrestler, but I do think you're born. A, 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 pers- a fighter and you're a predator that has struggle and can overcome I think just the wrestling room being there and just keep showing up to it you sort of morph into a wrestler and then once you you know wrestlers all I don't know if you've ever seen a you guys I thought you guys wrestled no I never wrestled I, 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 I thought this was a wrestling podcast track. I swear to god no no, it's, <laughs> no, uh, no. the big thing was like I'm it was just I'm not kidding at all you're yeah, it was just it's it's a sports podcast and it's one that we kind of especially listen to your podcast I mean obviously Let's go overboard or like be Jesus. I mean, we're both fans of your podcast and your comedy and everything. You talk about wrestling a lot, and it's just one of those sports that it's just fascinating. Like it, it has this, it has this loyalty, this level of commitment you see at like the high school, the college level, even like the Olympic level. And it, it just, it's, it's not cultish, but it's just when you kind of talk to wrestlers, like you really get it, and there's like a genuine passion there, like a genuine, almost like an insider's club that isn't it's not exclusive and it's not like blowing you off like they're better than you are but it's just it's hard to understand just this kind of this pride that is there being a wrestler and it's 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 just very curious and being able to actually talk wow. I, I have a couple of friends that are wrestlers and being able to talk just about 
because you know even in high school you know like the basketball players and i want to ask you this question and not trying to yeah. fire off so many things but like well what you did no no please know that i'm having the best time just trust that what i said wow tell my wrestlers trust your rifle it's working yeah <laughs> but what you just said is like it's it's, a, it's not cultish but it's but no yeah. it is cultish but and what you said they never brush wrestlers never brush you off i always say there's no bad guys in the wrestling room because it reveals character yeah well it always it, it always seemed like ever ever like everyone was invited to the wrestlers room and that's what i mean cultish it's just like it's not it's cultish but it's they not exclusive no, it's just like come come, come hit the mat you're all invited to the wrestling yeah. room but three oh, yeah. of you are going to hang out you know I mean, right. everyone's invited. We're always happy when new people come in. Yeah. yeah. But just, you're asking people to do the extraordinary until it's ordinary. And that's hard. Like, that's crazy. Right. So one of those things I do remember, like, vividly, like, in basketball tryouts and seeing the wrestlers, like, warming up and literally the coach watching above and, like, as guys were getting cut, he was like, come on, come up the stairs, come up here, come up with me. And, like, part of me, and that's the thing where I think Brandon and I are most fascinated about is, like, part of me was like, that practice, those those guys go, those guys are legit. Like they work their asses off. And I was like, I would much rather just do the three man weave and you know do some layups and stuff like that. It seems like a much easier life than than a wrestler's life. Yeah, it's, it's extremely. Well, it's, it's like for being a single sport too. Uh, well, you guys want to talk to each other? Like, I'll, I'll <laughs> this, no, on. sorry, sorry. We just, we just get hyped up. <laughs> like, I mean, you know, rifle, fair, I'm happy to get you that comfortable, actually. But like. Let's say you're not the best. There's a lot of guys in the NBA that are, like, kind of fat. Like, I was at the Lakers yeah. game last night. I'm looking at Tucker on the Rockets. I'm like, this guy's got a big old ass on him. Jeez. But you could, if you're open from the corner, you can still hit your three. Like, that's your thing. You know, but that's not what wrestling is. Wrestling is you were bringing the ball up, you're inbounding it. Like, you're never not. You, I, I can't even put it into words. It, it's There's no specialty. There's just you for six minutes fighting somebody. And it is a fight. Right. It is a martial art. Yeah, it is so a how do you, martial art. I was gonna say, how do you get how do you get people in high school like to not focus on the end like their goals as the NBA or the NFL or like how do you get them in there to, and to sell the fight? Like how do you get them to, to come in there and draw and draw faces and draw people to, to your sport? It's tough. It's a tough sell because I don't know if any coach really can pinpoint what we're selling. Right. You're you're selling a way to think for the rest of your life and that's a really abstract thing to sell hey come on into the wrestling room so when you're 46 and you're going through a divorce you won't even sleep because you'll just keep giving effort or like you know when you're at a job that sucks you're going you know what you're not firing me and I'm not quitting we're just going to keep going to one of us dies you know that relentless grind I don't know what the sell is my, you know, I've been coaching almost two years only. And my, I think my best asset as a coach is being brand new to coaching because the way we were coached doesn't work at all. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. it's my way or the highway. You say that in a wrestling room, you're going to have a lot of dudes on the highway. You, you, you're asking somebody when their heart rate is around 200, when their breath is gone, when somebody's fist is going across their face to dig deep and just keep going. It's fine. You're fine. You hear coaches yell that from the corner of the mat all the time. You're fine. You're fine. Don't feel fine. But if you do it long enough, you realize, yeah, that hurt. I'm gassed. But I know the guy on top of me is gassed, too, because he's out here with me. 
you know, it, that's that's the thing. I don't think I know that wrestlers don't realize. Like when you come out from out, you come back from out of bounds, and one guy's got to get down, like on his hands and knees, and the other guy's in, you know, it's called referee's position. The guy that's walking in front of the other guy, which is usually mine, he doesn't see the guy behind him going, "Oh my god!" <laughs> but I see my guy doing it. And I'm like, I hope my guy doesn't quit because he has no idea this guy's about to die also. Right. So it's, you just, what I tell to them is you're learning to fight. That seems to be the most concise message I can say to somebody that's in the room. Outside the room, I don't know what to tell them other than we'd love to see you. Yeah. Because that's true. I don't want to tell them anything that's not true because I tell my wrestlers, I love you. And I, I know that sounds weird right now, but eventually you'll get that I actually love you. Trust sure. is earned. I'll earn it. And I will never, ever lie to you. I, and I'll prove it. So what's the conversation with um, kind of prepping a wrestler? Because it is just them in the ring. And kind of you as a coach finding that balance of instilling confidence, just being important, especially like, you know, with that age and being confident and discovering what you can do. And then... You know them going up for like a really challenging fight. Is it is it a lot of strategy? Is it a lot of? I mean, obviously it's not a negative tip, but it's just yeah. Is it like you can do this? Because I mean, you don't. I don't think you want to oversell just the. You can do yeah, it. I think we There's can. There's nothing. If you if you come into the wrestling room, uh, Brandon or Paul, if you come in, <laughs> I can't hear your voices. <laughs> it's it's both. If you come into the wrestling room, <laughs> if you come in, if both you guys come into the wrestling room, and I tell the both of you what I would tell you, and that is, the only skill set is effort. I don't care if you go 0 and 50 to start your wrestling career. I don't care at all. You're going to care a lot because you hate it and you should. Right. But if I see you trying wire to wire, I don't care that you lost because it's going to click. You'll be the first person that doesn't become a very good winning wrestler by showing up. Nobody ever get is worse their senior year than their sophomore year. It's, it's never happened. So I would tell you guys, if you just keep showing up and work as hard as you can, nobody can give 100 all the time. It's impossible. Mm-hmm. It, and, like, even that information is something kid, kids never hear from a coach. Like, I know it's impossible to give 100 all the time. And you'd be a serial killer. You'd be a maniac. But just right. give 150 in spurts once in a while, and you'll stretch the rubber band farther so 100 shows up later and later and exhaustion shows up later and later like when you first start jogging you go like half a mile you're like this sucks what the fuck am i right. doing and then when you're in the groove you're jogging three four miles and one day you go i'm gonna do five i like the mix i'm listening to then you got that on your belt so you know you got that it's just you will both get better one of you is not going to come every thursday because of some grades bullshit because it is bullshit because Wrestling's like the tide, and when the tide comes in, all the boats rise. Wrestlers' grades get better, period. And one of you, like, misses every Thursday, you're not going to be as good as the guy that comes five days a week and then finds an open mat and wrestles year-round. It's just, it's a fact. It's amazing. There's nothing you can do to be better than me if I'm showing up every day. Yeah. Unless you're just better than me. So it's it's like a Buddhist riddle almost. Unless you're just better than me. Three kids I coached went to state this year, and two of them had early exits. The one that was 0-2 was by far the best wrestler out of the other two. Like, not even close. I had forgotten he had a torn shoulder because a wrestler doesn't complain. I actually forgot my own guy is wrestling 
in the state championship with a torn shoulder. And I went, oh, that's why he lost. Right, amazing. What's going on with the like, Olympics wrestling? What do you talk to these kids? Like, I know we brought up the NFL, NBA a little, like, a little bit, and I know it's kind of more about hearing the coaching technique. It's about being in that moment. It's about the day-to-day just accountability of yourself getting better, but kind of like the long-term dream. Is there, like, you know, wrestling career, like that collegiate career, that, you know, that Olympic career, and do you have the conversation with them about that? Well, there's no payoff. You know, there's no, there's no check. If, if you're Jordan Burroughs, you know, or Kale Sanderson, Dan Gable, there, there might be money because your name's on a shoe down the line. But those, that's three guys. Kyle Dake, that's four. Out of, since they wrestled naked in the Olympics in Greece, you know, way back in 1999. Anyway, um, I mean, wrestling predates clothing. You want to look at it like that. But no, there's no pro where you get paid. There's no, like, big check coming. So you that's what even makes it more remarkable is there's no yeah. conversation about like when you get out of here and wrestle in college, yeah. that conversation is said, but it's always based around grades because one goes with the other. Like, like Stanford's going to give an offensive lineman that's a C student a pass to come to Stanford for right. free because they always have a great offensive line. But you, you can't go to college to wrestle if you're a BC student. Sorry. You gotta, have, you gotta have A's. So there's no discussion about like down the line past, you know, if, if the kids actually go, like I got sophomores and I'm one of the guys I coach, I go, he lives in South Central, he's got a single mom. And I go, you're, you're looking at free college here. Like that's as far as I'll have a conversation with them. Right. Because I don't want them thinking about that. I need them present. You have to be present. You have to be all the way in the room if you're in the room, you know. But no, it's weird because there is no like, well, like I made it as a wrestler. It's just, right. you just carry it in your heart the rest of your life. Like, if I get jumped at, like, an ATM by one guy, that's hilarious, right? I can't wait. <laughs> like, I actually can't wait. Right. But it's kind right, of a drag. Right. Like, this is a wrestler's mentality. One guy, it's like, shit. One guy. If it's two guys, it's, oh, this is going to be great. I might lose. <laughs> right. Fuck it. Man. Something to do. If it's three guys, you have to not, like, actually come in your pants with excitement. Because <laughs> you know you're going to leave in an ambulance, and people are going to go, but he had that one fucking punch where he knocked that one guy out. That's all we're going to talk about. And you right. will land it because you're going to hit first and you're going to hit hard because it's all you know. So is that what Randy Couture was talking about when he said wrestling is going to save us? About just, you know, waiting at ATMs, waiting for kids to jump by three guys? Is that what he was talking about? That's the only time I see him is at ATMs late at night. <laughs> okay, there you go. That's all he does. Like, how many, like, bareback escorts in call do you see that you just have to go to the ATM at 2 a.m. all the time in Inglewood? Come on, bro. <laughs> Why do I know all that information? I don't know. That's all right. Hey, man, you know what you know. Don't worry about it. All right, guys, we have Jay Moore on the podcast talking and wrestling, giving us a little insight on how the breakdown goes, like bringing there. We'd love for you, Jay. Uh, you got time to judge the Neapolitan showdown for us. We basically bring up the subject this Only, week. I know what it is. I listen to the podcast. Only if the judging is completely arbitrary. Oh, perfect. We're there you go. All right. Just nice. So let's leave it alone. Because we can't see eye to eye. There ain't no good guy. There ain't no bad guy. There's only you and me and we just disagree. And we did, we did pick this specifically for you. Uh, being a life coach and everything. Right, we but talked I need about to let the, the listeners know. I need to let the listeners know gambling is illegal. It's for entertainment purposes only. That is correct. There you go. Thank you. Okay. Oh, man. We could have used that information 52 <laughs> episodes ago. We're going to do the uh, the three 
worst figures of speech. I believe, uh, most awesome, you broke Ooh. my streak Ooh. last week, didn't you? Thank you yeah, I won. I'm going to take yeah. the ball out. I'm going to take ball. the ball out. Who, 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 who won last week? I did. Paul, Paul did. most awesome. You can just, yeah. yeah. I just you, said bet the house on Paul. Good. There you go. All right. I like it. I like it. Uh, so I'm going to come out. I'm going to come out with a number three here. Uh, I'm going to go with this worst figure of speech. I'm, call, I'm talking about no crying over spilled milk. And the reason why I'm talking about that, Jay, is because I have a house full of three kids. I got three kids under five. It's a terrible figure of speech. They all cry over spilled milk, Jay. They are always crying all the time. Yeah, because you Sometimes hit them. Yeah, well, no, no. We don't subscribe to that. I, I, I shoot the leg, and then I take them down like a wrestler, Jay. That's what I do with the kids. Nice. Hey, as long as you're shooting, baby. I'll take it. There you go. You got to practice got on me? a baby. That's that's, not, that's a baby's fault. <laughs> exactly. He's got to learn. He's got to learn sometime. So what do you got, uh, Brandon? The figure of speech of do what you love and you'll never work a day in your life. Uh, this is it sounds cute. Oh, you just you just got your head kicked in by Paul. Jesus. Oh, uh, right. well, let me let me let me. But plead. go on. You have the floor. I'll plead my case. I'll plead my case, Jay. So work is like work is to work. I get that like we can always like have fun if you're working on something you love, then it doesn't feel like work. But I, it seems a little bit more the reverse to me. I, I think work every day and you get to do what you love to do. I think find what you love doing, but it's still clocking into a job and clocking out of a job is still a very real thing as opposed to not working. When you got to go to a job, even if you're doing like acting, like you're, you're an actor when you're on set, it's still work. No, it's not because it's, it's, it's ridiculous. You show up and they go, hey, can I get you breakfast? And you go, yeah, go get me. But by definition, yes, it's work. Yeah, It's the job. However, it doesn't really feel like a job because if you work at DMV, you don't show up at 6 a.m. and they go, you want me to run and get you whatever you want for <laughs> breakfast? Right. You know, what kind of whey protein powder? What brand do you want me to buy you? Okay, that's fair. Like what maybe I should have maybe oh, I should have okay. like a successful actor on when I like picked that one. That might have been like a wrong call on my part. I might have to just <laughs> that first one out of the yeah, gate. Who's trying to who's trying to appease to you, Jay? That's really what I was. All right, moving on. That score score that one for 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 me. Uh, I got number two. I'm gonna go with uh, I don't trust him as far as I can throw him, which is, is a fucking terrible dumb expression. Mm-hmm. First off, why are we? Why Hold are, on. Why, I let why you know we, you're down two runs already. You know. Sure, go ahead. I'm down two runs. Yeah, he's that where we're at? wrestles yeah, like, like throwing people. I, I, that can't would make throw sense. Somebody very far, so I'm not going to trust him very far. <laughs> why are we measuring distance or for trust? I mean, I don't understand. What oh, that is. I see what you mean because it's a figure yeah. of speech. Really? Come on. Yeah, I think that's a good one. Be, maybe I'm being too hard on you. No, no, be very hard, Jay. You, you're 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 getting the spirit yeah. of the game. Oh, yeah, this exactly. is exactly what you need to be doing. I thought this was supposed to be arbitrary, Jay. No, no, it's good. All right, I got my my number two spot is. You win some, you lose some. All right, here, let me... You're resigning the fact that you're going to lose half your shit pretty quickly. Like, I understand, like, you're not going to no, win them no. all. Like, you're not going to bat a thousand, no. but to just lose some and to have the right. attitude where it's just like, well, you know what? Like, you know, sometimes you win. Why, why not just kind of reevaluate, reevaluate what you did, kind of regroup, and then come back with instead of having the attitude of just like, oh, I'm not going to bat a thousand, so that's that. You feel me, Jay? I'm going to say this. Right when you said it, I was like, uh-oh, that's a bad one, but you pledge your case pretty well so paul you have the floor there you go i'll take it i'll take it um and so my 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 top one my top one's gonna win worst figure of speech i I feel really good about it you think so oh yeah definitely definitely. that's fine this is up jay's alley also i'm gonna go with good enough for government work this is a terrible figure of speech right jay it means you're an idiot it means you're yeah it means you're an idiot right why are we why are we selling from mediocrity do you think let me ask you this no 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 hold on it's not settling for mediocrity. It's identifying mediocrity and saying, well, at least they could do that because they stink. It's not you it's yourself true. going like, you know what? 
I'm an idiot. At least I could run for mayor. It's you're applying it to somebody else. Right. But if you but I, I think of it in terms of the work situation yeah. where you're like, all right, it's good enough for government. We're, we're going on. We're moving on. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's it's one of those things. If, if someone tells that to you or you tell that to someone, you're like, you've done a shitty job or I've done a shitty job. Let's just move on. But, but, but oh, it's a, OK. It's I never heard it like said to a person like sitting across from you and then agreeing to like be fine with it. Wow! Yeah, okay. Like I think, like in like a group, in like a group work project. No, don't like, don't right, let him don't enough. let him win you over, Jay. That that answer was good enough for government exactly. work. Exactly, exactly right. Well, do you think Dan Gable ever said it's good enough for uh, government work? He never said that in his life. He never let That's anyone correct. off the hook. Or not. Yeah, I would exactly. say ninety nine point nine percent of the population has never said that actually. So, but I have heard it. Uh, I kind of get it, so I don't want to say it's uh, the worst. Not Uh-oh. worst figure. Speech. I don't want to say it's the worst one you've come up with. I'm going to say nothing today in this podcast can possibly be on MAB Sports Podcast. Uh, crying over spilt milk is the most idiotic one. As far as now that you guys said, throw the baby out with the bathwater. I don't know. When when in our history was it like, you better throw away that bathwater. You better throw it away. Like, what? Yeah, yeah. I think, yeah. I think you just tried. in the trash. And, like, who was holding a baby where you had to go, like, wait, wait, don't throw the baby out at the same time you're throwing out basketball? Did I just win at the buzzer there? <laughs> I think you did. Did, did Jay win? Yeah, what's going on? Uh, you, don't now, throw you, the you, baby you, out with a bath. I sound like Norm McDonald's. Hey, yeah, uh, they say, Norm McDonald, you know, they say, don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Yeah, I say, go ahead, you Throw the baby out. <laughs> That's so bizarre. I can't stand it is what it is. This has boiled my blood for around a decade. About the time it, it came what it out. Is? It is like it. It is what it is. It means nothing. It's it's so passive and dismissive and just like, like you're just letting life happen to you. Like oh, it'll it'll work itself out. I know that one gets underneath your skin, Jay. Uh, you know what? I like that you. Plain I wasn't judge. sure when you said it, and you pled your case well because you said you're just letting life happen to you. Yeah. And people need to realize life is happening for you, not to you. So you you get a pass, man. That's a good one. There you go. Is that that's what you what is cold turkey? Who, who, who do you he think quit won? cold. He quit. Oh, Paul Curbstone. Paul Curbstone. <laughs> like look what at that. Quitting, quitting cold turkey. Oh like, yeah. What's cold turkey. Yeah. Who's addicted to when like bells, room temperature deli meats? Like clear as a bell. Like what, bell, clear bells. Wait, more more than one way to skin a cat. Like is that from like something historically accurate? Like are we skinning cats? Uh, you know what. There's a lot of hillbillies in this country, so maybe I'm with right, you. Exactly. I, I do. I kind of like a Rolling Stone gathers no moss. I am kind of a fan of that. It kind of makes sense. Like it's just. Well, hold on. This is the same guy that's like, I don't get it. Is what it is. But he understands. I a Rolling yeah. Stone gathers no moss. Yeah, you yeah. Could, just you could replace moss with anything on God's green earth, and it still would apply. You know, yeah. a Rolling Stone gathers no people, gathers no cold turkeys. <laughs> yeah, but it's still the attitude of just like, hey, keep it moving. It, it's about keep it keep it in fourth gear. We're all moving here. Let's go. I'm a rolling stone. Fourth gear, I guess. Whatever, bro. Yeah. He's got more cliches than you can shake a stick at is, is another one that I like. Shaking a stick at? Shake a stick at is really good. Yeah. Hey, That's really good. Uh, how about brand spanking new? Oh, yeah. What is that? Oh, I know the worst one of all time. I got it. What is it? I got it. It's like taking candy from a baby. Oh, no. Uh, I slept uh, both of them that involve babies, except bathwater baby is a terrible one, yeah. right? Yep. It's like taking candy from a baby, meaning like it's really easy, but babies have never in their lives held candy. 
because they're babies. They don't have motor skills yet. And the other one that's even worse to me, in my opinion, is um, I slept like a baby. Babies wake up every fucking two hours screaming. Mm. Don't. You don't need to tell me, Jay. I got a yeah. five week as a whole. I don't. It, I don't. Really, I, I'm gonna don't have to. Don't tell me. I'm wrong. I got a baby. He was yelling. I'm always shooting the fucking double leg. Power double. Down. But I slept All right. like a baby. Is my vote. I wish one of you said it so people didn't think I was like just voting for me. No. I slept like a baby. <laughs> fucking idiotic. I know. I'm giving Jay the first I W on this, see. but he did give it to you. Ben Anderson, what are you guys talking about? Wrestling. <laughs> Oh, oh, Paul, the singer, yeah. The Mab About You. Yeah, what else are we going to do here? What's, this is this is it, brother. We No, we appreciate so much of your time, but we have a guest on. We oh, do, a, do you want to ask him? A surprise segment. What, What's that? Jay, real quick. The yes. reason why this segment's called the Neapolitan Showdown is because we got Let the cat out of the bag. Oh, yeah. There you go. There you go. I'm reading off a website. Okay, be honest with you. The baby one are all mine. The other one doesn't read off a website. <laughs> don't mess with bull. You get the horn. So, so what rank your... Rank your ice cream flavors for Neapolitan ice cream. Chocolate, vanilla, strawberry. Rank them in order of one, two, three, Jay, while we got you on the phone. Uh, chocolate's last. As far Ooh. as like, my personal like pleasure? Yeah, exactly. There is a right answer. There is a right Wait, answer. Wait, so, so you mean it's last, last like you want to save it for the end of the day? Strawberry's number one. Strawberry's number one. Okay. I got strawberry, then vanilla, then um, chocolate. Okay, good. All right. But you know what? Hold on. Oh, this is a really good question. Because in the Neapolitan, chocolate might be second. But if I have my choice between vanilla and chocolate, I'm always going to take vanilla. But in that trio, I think chocolate jumps ahead of vanilla. Exactly. Yeah. And so to your, you're, you're an SCV, which is good. That's fine. That's totally acceptable. <laughs> as long as you didn't go. Wait, as what's long that? Whoa, whoa. What is it? <laughs> strawberry. Voices? What is that? Strawberry, chocolate, vanilla. SCV. That's where you're at. You didn't go vanilla, number one. Which no, would I got you strawberry. Chocolate, vanilla. Yeah, okay. that's, that's good. Up your. Are we arguing? No, no, that's a, no, no. no, no, I don't, no that's no. on most awesome side. He's he's obsessed with he's obsessed yeah, with ranking I'm, these ice right We started there. episode two. It's got some blood boiling, but I but I think I think you're in the safe zone. What's the big breakdown? Who's the sociopath? Sociopath Wait, I is. I really like when a guy goes and there is a right answer. Like I say that, like who's your favorite Beetle? And there is a right answer. <laughs> yes. Right. Yeah. Right. 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 Correct. Paul. Paul is the whole goddamn kitten caboodle. That's right, but like, what is the answer to the Neapolitan to you again? Say it again. You can go. You, you could go. No, your or strawberry, answer. Either one. What's that? Give me the right no, answer. No, your answer of number one. My answer is it's chocolate, strawberry, vanilla. As oh, long as you don't put number. You're right. As long as you don't hear at least at least agree with me that as long as you don't put vanilla number one, you're not a no, complete not. fucking lunatic. Hey man, you're put chocolate okay. number one. Like, no, I don't. Strawberry is the outlier here. To Mab about Love it. Let's do uh, right Mab about you. That's right. That's where we surprise eight rapid fire questions to our guest, and we have a very special guest, Jay Moore. It's the real Jay Moore. You could tell by now. Join us on the podcast. We're going to ask him eight questions, and he's competing. What's he competing for this week? Most awesome. It's a most awesome Brandana Sports Podcast T-shirt. Oh, Jay. Mm. In luck. Do I get one? Can I be, want one. You get that's one. what you're yes, competing for, brother. We're going to ask you eight questions real fast, and you just answer rapid fire. Question one, true or false, are you okay, spider? I'm all right, you dizzy prick. Where the, where the, <laughs> you're fucking mumbling, stumbling. Where the fuck is this week? No, I, I thought I thought I thought you said I thought you said you were okay, Spider. No, I'm not alright. I'm not alright. I thought I thought you said you were alright, Spider. No, I'm not alright. Spider lost three toes in that scene. You get three points there. My phone's all shattered. Three points. All right, the opening to your podcast is a pretty aggressive soundbite from Marshawn Lynch talking about running through a motherfucker's face. How many times does Marshawn Lynch say the word over? Fifteen. It it is fifteen. That's right. 
where you just run through a motherfucker's face. A lot of people ain't gonna take that. It's just over and 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 over. Pause. And over and over and over and over and over. A lot of people ain't gonna take that. You think there's a deeper metaphor there? Run through a motherfucker's face. Oh, perfect. I love, I love how you give it to, like the script breakdown too, like just kind of the pause in parentheses. There's like a pause happens here. It's a right on point. Uh, which, uh, number three, which impression of yours do you consider your strongest? Um, Colin Quinn. Bonus yeah, points. Colin Quinn is the, the dog whistle. You know, I like how JJ, you know, all of a sudden we're going deep cuts on XM satellite. He could have said anybody. Because me instead, you know, what are you going to do? Not exactly the Canterbury Tales. I, I was talking to him on the More Stories, More Stories podcast, free app. There's a More Stories app that's free. Anybody's interested? And I, I kept saying how he was like a comics comic, and his he said, "Well, you know, it's no secret. My act has always been a bit of a dog whistle." Like that. Question number four: What's the most frequent SNL question you get asked? Oh boy! Wow! Holy smokes! Uh, um, 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 maybe. Let me see. Holy smokes! How did you get on SNL, I guess? But I, I feel like that's the easy way out, but I'll say that. Yeah, how'd you get on SNL? I love it. Uh, you started in New Jersey, so I'm going to give you, when you were 15 years old, I'm going to give you 15 points for that question. Garden State. You're a sweetheart. Okay. Um, yeah, because it smells like manure. So if Bob Sugar was an agent in the game today, name one athlete under his flag. Now, how many athletes? One? Yeah, one or multiple. Wait, say that again. Yeah, uh, if Bob Sugar was an agent in the was game the today, name an athlete or what athletes? Yeah, what what athlete would he represent? What's one? What's kind of like one of the athlete things going on that just looks like Bob Sugar? Uh, Josh Gordon, like somebody like you know, up against the law, like a Josh Gordon, like oh we're gonna reinstate him again. It's mm-hmm. like, no, 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 it's different. We're rebranding it. You don't like cocaine? You just like the way it smells. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was thinking. I was thinking maybe like like a little. Uh, Le'Veon Bell, like just the advice to just go ahead and sit out, sit out the entire year. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's a great answer. Yeah, 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 I like that a lot. Because yeah, yeah, wants, yeah. You, the money he wants is, yeah. is, he has a great point. But like when Conor McGregor left the UFC for one UFC fight cycle, you're never bigger than the, than the machine. And yeah, when the exactly. machine breaks down, we break down, gentlemen. I can't have that. Not for none of you. That's uh, Tom yeah. Berenger from Platoon. <laughs> I'd like to hear about potheads. I'd like to hear about potheads, yeah. Uh, Le'Veon Bell is reportedly weighing in at 260 pounds, so I'm going to give you 260 points on that one. Ooh, so that's now I'm cool. at uh, All right, brother, number six. If you could wrestle anyone from history, past or present, who would you wrestle, and what's your takedown move? Uh, Serena Williams, my mouth. Something with my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, all right. I, I would. We were gonna take uh, Osama bin Laden with a near near side cradle, but I'll take that. I'll take. I'll take Serena. The guy's walking around. He lives like a, he's. You know, he lives in a desert. It's like I don't know. It's all sweaty and like grimy. Like Serena, though. Let's turn it into a positive. Yeah, there you go. I, like I'm gonna it. I was not spin. expecting that. More bringing it. Serena Williams, because she. Ha- I mean, six minutes, so I can cut her, which means like you let the person up. Yeah. Like if I take you down, it's two points. If I cut you and you get up, it's one. It's like creating three pointers for two pointers. If, if you know you're gonna hit your threes, yeah. So it's like right. two. Then it's four, two, six, three, and just every time I let her up, I just keep attacking her with my mouth. But like you know, but you gotta go low. You know, nobody. Here's something about wrestling. Being serious for a second. It's the only <laughs> right, sport right, nobody's okay. ever yelled. Nobody's ever yelled higher ever. Everything's like just 
keep your weight low, your hips low, shoot yeah. low, stop reaching up. Yeah. So yeah, Serena Williams. That's my answer. Boom. I don't know. She's won like seventeen, I think, U.S. titles there. So we'll give you seventeen points there, Jay. How right. about this? You, like any, like maybe you have uh, you sleep with an actress, maybe you sleep with a model. No one's ever slept with a champion. That's right. Huh? Oh, you ain't got to oversell us. I love it. I love it, Jay. I love the take. <laughs> right. Exactly. The Wimbledon plate. I like it. You're inside the greatest human being on earth. Who is? If you're having sex with like Serena Williams. Oh yeah. You are inside the best at that period. Like, like no one is ever going to know what this is like because no one's ever going to have sex with a 17-time champion. Like it kind of de facto makes you a, a sort of a champion. It's not the same sport, but you by, by, you, you don't deserve like a trophy or anything, but just like you know, like a head nod or like tip of the hat or maybe doors open for you. All right, best way to win a game, Jay Moore: walk off homer, pick six, or half court buzzer beater. This. First of all, I want to hear your wrestling answers quickly. Oh, I said I said uh, Osama bin Laden with a near slide cradle. That's mine. Okay, near side cradle. That's good because you get the head in the ribs. You get to break up the ribs. Exactly. Go. I'm just, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna squeeze a six five frame. I'm just gonna bunch them up. Brandana, what's uh, what's your answer? My father. That's <laughs> <laughs> hot. No, I like taboo. I like taboo. That's hot. Go on. Get it dark. Ah, like anyone from right. like. Ugh. Best way to win a game, Jay Moore. Walk off homer, pick six, half court buzzer beater. For me, gentlemen, this is an absolute no brainer. The easiest question of the entire podcast walk off home run. It's not, the other ones don't even belong. It, the question should start after walk off home run. Mm. The amount of Ooh. things that have to align. A corner is always covering a wide receiver, the ball is always coming that way. It's going to happen eventually. The things that have to align to get 27 out or 26 out because you fucking stroke that shit. Oh, it's fucking amazing. I love it. I'm going to go uh, Joe Carter in 1993. I'm going to give you 1,993 points for the Toronto Blue Jays. Oh, my God. Am I the all-time leading uh, (laughs) point getter? Yeah, you're pretty up there. We'll decide. We have one last question. We'll see how close he is. Final question, Jay, if you don't mind, can you rate our podcast on a scale of one to this podcast fucks? Mm, wow. See, now I'm thinking outside the box because <laughs> you, let, you hit me to the scoring system. So I don't know how many fucks, because usually people have zero fucks to give. So I feel like nine is a trick highest answer here. So I'm mm. going to say nine. Love it. What do, you, Oof. what do we got? I love it. Let me, let me tally this up. And yes. Jay, you have won an MAB Sports Podcast. Jay Moore, you have an MAB Sports sir. Podcast shirt. That's insane. Yeah, everybody gets <laughs> pregnant. Yeah, I enjoy my in my T-shirt. Was I right about 10 being like a detrimental score? Uh, no, we definitely would have loved this no, podcast, no, folks, but we'll take what we can get. We've, we've gotten this podcast fingers. We've gotten a lot of different things. Yeah. So you, and then once we, once we got like a seven, which was kind of threw us off. <laughs> like, yeah, like, yeah, right. It's like, like oh, okay. Jesus. Who, who'd you have on? Eeyore? <laughs> Guys, this has been uh, Jay Moore. You can catch him at uh, the Rochester Comedy Club at the Carlson March 21st to the 23rd. And guys, get that app of his free More Stories podcast app. You can download it. Thanks so much, brother. Like, we can't tell you how much this meant being on our podcast. All right, let's do it again for real. Uh, we'll definitely take you up on that. Thank uh, you so much. Yeah, this, this has been amazing, dude. Right, like, guys, really appreciate it. Good time. This podcast fucks. Ooh. Dynamite.
Dynamite. Uh, that was yeah. awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you for getting on uh, real fast, brother. Uh, up against it, but time yep. well spent with uh, exactly. Jay. Thanks again for popping in. Uh, MVP of the week, who you got? I'm going to go with uh, a guy, a Norwegian named Gear uh, Hegland or Hegelmo. He uh, he's the number one world bridge player in the world. Busted for PEDs. Ooh. Got a little too much <laughs> of that <laughs> juice going. What is is that Adderall? I don't even know what like bridge PEDs would be. No, yeah, I thought no, it's actually testosterone. He was juicing. So I'm gonna go <laughs> Gear Helgamo. Uh, you're my MVP of the week, brah. <laughs> All right, well, I'm gonna keep it on this episode tip. Uh, I'm gonna give my MVP to Jay Moore. Uh, being our little pod. I think, you know, when people say little pod, they're being a little modest, but we do have one and we reached out and he was just like, yes, let's fucking do this shit. Uh, yeah. Just like super saint. I uh, really appreciated it. Uh, guys, you can catch him at the in Rochester, New York at the Comedy Club at the Carlson, March 21st to the 23rd. Uh, and I want to tell you guys right now, uh, pick up his, he's got an app for his podcast. It's the free more stories podcast app pick that up and if you guys get a drink you go out there to see him in rochester matt b hour is in full effect send us those receipts your drinks are on most awesome and myself stay off that top shelf stay off that top shelf <laughs> yeah god i always forget no to remind him. man that was dangerous thanks thanks boss that was a close one keep it a clean guys uh, thanks for diving in for our second year with an amazing first year excited about turning this corner a lot more guests lots more segments you know that send us an email at mabsportspodcast at gmail.com on anything you'd like to see i am brandana why don't you sign yourself off most awesome Guys, I don't know if you know this, but we're going to remake Jerry Maguire. It's going to be called Mabby Maguire, and Jay Moore is going to reprise his role as Pod Sugar. Runway. Style. Fame. She likes fashion.